There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to That Gabby Roslin Podcast with me, That Gabby Roslin. This week on the show, I am so excited to bring you the exquisite actress Celia Imry, who I love in everything she does. Aunt Una in Bridget Jones's Diary, Calendar Girls, and of course, Miss Babs in Victoria Wood's Acorn Antiques. Now, if you want to laugh, stay tuned to hear how Star Wars fans greet her in restaurants and how she keeps fit in lockdown. Plus, her brilliant TV series, which I'm addicted to, Better Things, which is now in its fourth season on BBC and iPlayer, and the beautiful film called Love, Sarah, which is available to stream on demand now. You can also hear us chatting about her talented son, Angus Imry, who starred in Fleabag. I was also lucky enough to grab a short interview with the lovely Himesh Patel to chat all things EastEnders, doof, 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 Danny Boyle's Yesterday, and of course Christopher Nolan's phenomenal movie, which I loved, Tenet, which I saw in the cinema. He tells some amazing tales of auditioning whilst doing his GCSEs and how he ended up in A&E after a phone call from Danny Boyle. First up, gorgeous Celia Imry. Why aren't we on a beach, Gabby? That's what I really want to know. Oh. In Norfolk, like we were before. I know, when I was pregnant with my yes. second baby. I know, oh, I'll never forget word. it. But <laughs> what's so bizarre is that, so when I watched Fleabag and I screamed that I realised that it was Angus and I did one of those things with my husband, oh, do you remember? He was on a beach in Norfolk and he was a little boy. And David just looked at me and said, well, they do grow up. I mean, I know, but that's yes. the little boy. <laughs> How does that happen? I know. Amazing. I, I can't believe it myself. And I'm sure you can't with your darlings. How old are they now? Um, 19 and 13. So <gasps> hold on. Angus is 24, 5? 26. <gasps> just. I know. My word. Oh, goodness me. You must be the proudest <laughs> mummy as well. He's amazing, actually. I'm bursting with pride. I am. Aren't we lucky to have both, you know, our mad life of work and our children? Oh, honestly blessed. Are you in Nice at the moment? Were you in France for the whole time? I am, um, because I'm writing a book here, which is paradise, I have to say. And I'm, I'm, I do thank God every day, actually, when I look out of the window. So what, do you, what are you looking at now? The Mediterranean. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the sun sparkling on the sea like diamonds. My favorite thing every morning is um, I race to see the sun coming over the hills. And it's magical, actually, because it happens very fast. And it's like a sort of jewel through the trees and up over the hills. And I feel that that's good luck for the day if I catch that moment. I know it sounds a bit mental, but it does it's sound my mental. favorite thing. It's my favorite thing to do. I think we all have our little, our things. And, and hmm. actually... 
performers have it. Do you have any of those routines before you start oh, filming gorgeous. or before you go on stage? Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, um, it, it's, it's a weird one, but I love Olbasoil. I don't know if you know of it. Yes, it's I that do. marvellous sort of um, eucalyptus and peppermint. And I, I um, inhale it on a cotton wool um, before I go on. That's my sort of good luck thing. And I also um, uh, sort of kiss the ring on my right hand, which was my mother's wedding ring, because I feel she's going to bring me luck. I love those. And I'm going to really freak you out to tell you on. that uh, before I do things, I have an old bass pastel, a sugar-free <gasps> one. And I, I think of, I hold on to my wedding ring and then I think of my mother putting her hand on my left shoulder, my late mother. <gasps> Same things. Oh, my God. Well, no wonder I adore you. We've got the same brain. <laughs> okay, Celia, if we can talk about Better Things is one of those quiet little secret shows that I text all my friends about. Are oh, you watched? Did you see? Tonight? Have you watched? You Have you caught up? It's, How marvellous of you. I love being a secret little thing. Oh, gosh, it really is. And yet everybody, <laughs> there's this big buzz about it. And I thought that I was... You know, I, I quite like to have shows to myself. I know that's a funny thing to say, but it's brilliant. Well, I love that you love it. As a matter of fact, I think people think I've been on holiday for four years in America because this is the first time it's really made a splash here. Um, but thanks to you for passing it on, though. I, I know exactly what you mean when you find a treasure. And boy, am I glad to be in it. Um, I'm, I'm very proud because it is... Unlike anything else, really, isn't it? You can't really liken it to two different programs smashed together because it's on its own, really. It really is, think? and that's why mm. I think I I love it. I love mm. the role, the, the relationship between you and Pamela, and I. It's it's so real, it's so funny, and it's very poignant. And to be able to play all of those things at the same time, she's brilliant, isn't she? Isn't she, Pamela Adlon? She she truly is. I mean, she now runs the show she is the showrunner she directs it she stars in it and she writes it um and she's magnificent actually i mean she's adored in hollywood and what is thrilling is that she can just ring up lenny kravitz and sharon stone because they all want to be in it um and lenny kravitz actually was at school with her um you know sharon stone saw it and said can i be in it i mean how marvelous is yes, that? but hold on, hold on, hold on. They also because you're a part of it. Oh, so no, no, no. On. You are, and you're a, you're an integral part of it because the relationship that she has with you as her mother, and the relationship she has with her girls. I mean, it's just it, and then the relationship that they have with you, and the the funny moments are proper belly laugh funny, and then yes. there are those moments that are just that get to you that mm. uh, and so the, how on earth is it true that you only you did it over skype or, or facetime or something to get the part my interview yes funnily enough i was she says rather grandly i was in vancouver doing a television and um it was a saturday morning i remember it very well and it was over a skype how she got me to read the script over skype i simply can't remember how that happened but anyway i did we discovered lots of links together um, like you and I have discovered um, links that we both like. Olbasol. I've got Pamela Adlon onto it as well, by the way. She's hooked. Good girl. Um, I know. And um, we both discovered that we bought the houses next door for our mothers. I did in the Isle of Wight 
And Pamela's real mother lives next door to her. So that was quite an unusual link to be able to identify with. Um, and we both did voices in animation when we were, you know, younger. Um, and th there were so many links as we went along. And I just adored her straight away. But she's quite a stickler. She doesn't, and I know you'll understand because you've seen it, she doesn't like too much acting going on. Yes. Um, and she, she knew that I'd been um, Goneril in a production of King Lear with Glenda Jackson at the Old Vic before one of the seasons. Um, I think it was season three. And I went over to America. She knew that. And I started my first scene. She said, no, no, don't want any of that Goneril acting in here. Thank you. No, no. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, why it works so well. Well, it, yes. And I think one of the reviewers rather thrillingly put that he thought it was... Uh, there is a documentary sort of ingredient in there. And sometimes he said he didn't think that we were aware of a camera being anywhere near us. Now, that honestly is such a huge compliment because that's what you aim to do. But because she doesn't like us acting all over the place, I think she kind of achieves it. Goodness me. I, and also all the, as you say, I, I love that you seem to get, and I'm going to use the word excited because I remember interviewing you for Calendar Girls years ago and um, you and the fabulous Julie, um, mm -hmm. who I know you adore and I just yes. think is such a, I hope she's, I hope she's okay at the moment. And when you speak to her, please send her my love. But I will. Um, the two of you used excited and then both of you said that you love to feel excited by things. And you hope the excitement never goes. And I get the feeling with this role, when I hear you talking about it and I read everything, I get that you're excited by this. I really am, actually, Gabby. It, it's true. I mean, I was trying to explain to somebody the other day, on a first night, for instance, you don't understand this. Sometimes I think I'm going to die of fright and that my heart is going to fall out of my costume onto the floor because I'm so frightened. <clears throat> but somebody very cleverly said, well, you realize that the flip side of that nerves is excitement. And it is. And you just have to remember that bit. But no, the idea of, for instance, going back for season five thrills me completely. I'm very, very lucky. I have spoken to an ex-daughter of yours, Samantha Spiro. She loves you as much as I do. I was telling her that when I watched Love, Sarah... There is a moment in Love, Sarah, and I'm not giving anything away, where four of you toast Sarah and there is a look in your eyes and I burst into tears. I couldn't hold it together. And I was explaining to Samantha that as far as I'm concerned, that was an acting masterclass and it should, it should be shown to every drama student because what you didn't do... What, was extraordinary. You have this subtlety. I mean, Love, Sarah is a lovely film. It's charming and it's simple. And I mean those in all the most loving ways. Mm. Mm. Well, I, I remember that moment. Of course I do. And, and how, how lovely of you. But uh, because we both have lost our mums um, and know how important they are in our lives and always will be, it is quite difficult to describe um, Love, Sarah, without giving too much away. My darling mother um, said once, the saddest two words in the English dictionary, too late. 
And um, that really is a, a lot of what the beginning of Love, Sarah is all about because um, my character does suffer from this um, sadness because of things that she didn't say or do. Um, and so, I mean, the great thing is that in the end, I do fulfill my daughter's promise and we open the bakery. But um, it, it always comes back to me. Well, I, we both know how important our mothers were in our lives and they're sort of great things that they said to us. They never leave us, do they? Oh, they don't. I, and I, th I, what's so extraordinary about the scene that I was talking about with the champagne, that instantly it, it came to... My, my mother came to me and mm. watching that... And you, that look in your eyes and that feeling. And the, the film is so full of love and cakes and and <laughs> the cakes bringing joy around the world. I mean, I, I, as you say, I don't want to give too much away because it's it's a joyful, I, I, everybody, uh, they must watch it. It's out on DVD, it's streamed everywhere. And if you want to just pause from the madness of everything it's a it's a mm. it's a delicious film you were incredible in it and the young girl she's a, such a star yes i mean they all were shannon and shelley and rupert who funnily enough um i played rupert penry jones's mother in i don't know whether you remember a rather marvelous film called hillary and jackie i do and i was going to talk about, about that. were you yes um, but so i played his mum in that film. But yes, I agree with you. Um, um, Shelley and Shannon were both fantastic. I mean, it was a great, uh, a, a great sort of generation, the three generation film. And, and we, we sort of formed a union together and looked out, out for each other. It was lovely, really lovely. Really? Lo well, I recommend everybody seeing that. I was going to ask you about Rupert Penry Jones, because um, I, I think he's gorgeous. I, let's just get it out there. He's gorgeous. Yes. But, um, of course, you were together in Hillary and Jackie, and that was one of those films that I always, I think it's up, up in my top ten. Is it? Favorite. Yeah, well, I think it's an incredible yes. film. I do too. I'm thrilled to be in it. How do you choose? Well, um, I say in my autobiography, um, The Happy Hoofer, that I sort of liken us to um, young girls in the 18th century round the ballroom having to wait to be asked to dance and very often you know you do have to wait to be asked but the only thing I can try to do in steering my work I suppose is to try and do something as different as possible to the last thing I did if if I can that's not always easy because often people ask you to do the same thing that they've seen yes. you do before and and that's flattering but in the same way I try and steer out of that so I don't get caught in a box and that makes tremendous sense and I interesting I read in uh, one of the interviews that you said a few years ago that you used mm. to be ashamed of ambition yes do you still feel that no not really Good. because I think in my head it's a different word Ambition is me wanting to do better and do more and do different, but, you know, improve. I mean, you know, go forward, do more. The, the Americans aren't afraid of ambition. And it, it was one of my goals in life, actually, to go to America and try my luck. Um, and, you know, so I, I applaud their sort of, forward thinking actually there's nothing wrong with it why was that one of your 
ambition, one, one of your dreams. Why was that so much? Why was America? I think if you're realistic, you can't really be internationally known unless you've courted America. People don't really know me in America. Well, they didn't before better things. They do a bit, <laughs> a bit more now. But, you know, it sort of leads the world in cinema, doesn't it, really? Mm. Um, I've still got so many things I want to do. I want to be in a Quentin Tarantino film, for instance, who, by the way, is a huge fan of better things. It's so yes! exciting. There we go. It's <laughs> going to happen. You see, people say you put it out there, you put it out to the universe, it will happen. And I Why love, not? do you know what I, I, I really, 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 so ambition, I used to be scared to admit that I was ambitious because I thought it was a dirty word and I've realised mm. it's not. But also, we've got to carry on having dreams and hopes yes. and ambition, no matter what age, you've always got to yes. want to do more and do new things. So do, has, has that helped you then in your decisions then it's, this is new this is new I know you said you want to do different things but but you know Star Wars or Calendar Girls well, Star Wars took you away from Miss Babs which I suppose lots exactly. of people always come back to I don't mind well you don't mind that people come back to Miss Babs no not really I mean you know I, I, of course I want to go forward but I know that people do know me as that and that's you know I, I'll be forever grateful for that because, you know, it gave me a huge lift. But I can't tell you how much of a passport to man's world to say that I was a fighter pilot in Star Wars is, particularly in France, by the way. Really? Oh, yes. I mean, my favorite restaurant, um, they go, ah, oh, Star Wars! And then they get so <laughs> overexcited about it. <laughs> but so, you know, any any you know, Frenchman that I meet, that's what I will, um, you know, tempt him with. And, you know, I can get <laughs> things done, I can tell you. <laughs> I can imagine something. And then I can imagine the type of person that, you, that Mamma Mia and um, uh, they're, they're a completely different person that gets excited by the Star Wars will be somebody yes. who gets excited by Mamma Mia. I know, but it's, it's so wonderful, actually, to be, I realise this now, to be a small part in a huge thing is such a better idea than being a huge part in something that might just dis disappear because it's, you know, not huge enough. You know, Star Wars, Bridget Jones, they're two perfect examples of me taking a small part, why not, um, but in a huge thing. And when I was in Hollywood last year, Gabby, I went to see Judy, you know, the film, and um, afterwards, uh, Renee Zellweger came to the party. I didn't think she would. They said she would. But anyway, she did. So I lined up with my heart beating so hard, thinking, oh, she'll never remember who I am, uh, having played Aunt Una in, in Bridget Jones. I can't tell you. I waited my turn. She gave me such a wonderful welcome. All I could do was burst into tears, of course. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Honestly, she was adorable. I love that. You told me a while ago mm -hmm. there was a horse called Live, Laugh, Love, and that's the how you felt about life. You'd seen a horse oh, yes. that was called Live, Laugh, Love. Yes. and I, I think, think I backed it for the Grand National, didn't well, I? Well, there we go. Or something. Yes. But that's you, you see. That's you through and through. You do. I get the feeling that you really do live. You love, go, my word, you love a laugh, don't you? I do love it, don't you? Oh, yes. <laughs> we all do. I actually think it's the best cure. It should be on the National Health because 
I've also, I might have said this to you before, but I have two sisters who are nurses and in my book are angels. Um, and when I was growing up, I did think, oh God, what are you doing dressing up, pretending to be somebody else all day long? What's the point of that? But there is a point. And actually, if you and I can make people laugh, then truly, I think it is the best cure. I, I absolutely do. I think it has great healing powers. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, I'm going to freak you out again because everything you're saying is resonating. I didn't realize how similar we are. When I was three years old and I wanted to be a TV presenter and a broadcaster, I used to oh. say, so long as I can make people laugh because it's the best medicine. Yes. Well, you're right. And you were three years old. Yeah, that's all I've ever wanted to do. I know, I know. There we go. No, no. Um, I love it, though. I love it that your dream came true. And I and it doesn't stop. The same as you. I want to keep... I've got all these ambitions and hopes and dreams and forever, I hope, shall have. Um yes. Was it was it in your dreams and hopes and ambitions all those years ago when you were at GSA to to be a, a celebrated author as well? No, absolutely not. I didn't know no thought of that at all. In fact, somebody asked me if I was going to write my life, and I I said, oh, Lord, no, no, heavens, no. And they said, well, if you don't, somebody else will. Yes, and that's what got me going because you know, although I am quite frank. Not necessarily tell all, <laughs> all my secrets, thank you very much. But um, I really enjoyed it. And then they said, well, now you've done this. Come on, what about a story? And the thing is that where I am in Nice, it truly, apart from India, which, of course, I fell in love with, I do think it is the most beautiful place on earth. And so how lovely to be able to write about the place I so dearly love and get inspired by every day. And there's, there, your books are a, a utter delight. And oh, it, I, you. again, it come, you come through the pages as, I'm, I'm always going to use the word delight because that's what you are, mm-hmm. but it comes through the pages that you're also enjoying writing them and you're vis- it's, they're very visual. Well, that's the beauty of being here, you see, Gabby, because it would be very, very hard to to, uh, you know, drum up the exact color of the sea that I'm looking at now or the the smell of the strawberries around the corner if I was in London. So, you know, I'm terribly lucky to be able to be here to write. Are you you doing any more books? Yes. I've just finished one, which is coming out next year, so I hope we can talk about it later on. 
but Definitely. it is um, set in Nice, so and it's based on a true story. So it's rather exciting. But we'll oh, do it next year, shall we? Definitely, I promise you that. Um, so two other things I would love to talk to you about is your yes. love of dance, because mm. gosh, it must have been sixteen years ago or so. Um, you were on the Terry and Gabby show with me and yes. uh, the late great Terry Wogan, and you were doing it was a Highland reel, or you were doing a dance. And I remember Terry applauding you and being very wide-eyed and loving it. And you said that <laughs> dancing was something. And I know when you were a child, you wanted to be a ballerina. Does I dance do. still bring that joy and release for you? Absolutely. I remember it so well, actually, Gabby. And it always makes me remember that exact time with you and Sir Terry. Um, I have a funny feeling it was Russian as well, wasn't yes, it? Because I know I was swirling around the base like a lunatic. <laughs> but actually, this will make you laugh. And this is true. While we've all been in lockdown, um, sometimes it's a bit frightening even to go out. So I decided that every evening at about half past six, I would dance six Scottish reels and that would be my exercise and it's true and I still do it and it's <gasps> exhausting but marvelous so in my kitchen I do six Scottish reels and and you know hopefully it's keeping me fit but it's also a total joy and makes me laugh <laughs> I love that. I love that. I've got a picture of you doing that now. Um, <laughs> and the other thing I want to ask you about is nude scenes. Because there's a wonderful mm. quote that you say, do nude scenes, but you have to do them really fast. Yes. I, I, I don't know whether this was coupled with the rest of the story. But the thing is, I love Pamela Adlon so much and admire her that I may, made the stupid decision out loud that I would do anything she asked me. And she said, remembering that her real mother lives next door to her. Seals, do you remember I told you about that day when I looked out of the window and I saw my mother pruning the roses with no crows on? And I said, hmm. She said, well, I'm going to film that today. So I thought, well, whatever I do, I'm going to do it so fast. And actually, an awful lot of the crew had no idea it had happened, <laughs> but I did it. I mean, it was only a little, um, literally, of me burning the roses with no crows on. Um, but then she makes me do it all over again at the end of this season, Gabby. And you'll see what I mean when you get there. Last episode. So, obviously, you were in Calendar Girls as well. But now, the idea of somebody saying to me, get your kit off and stand there in front of lots of people, I, I just, I would, I... I, I, I know. Oh, my goodness, man. I know. Well, I feel just the same, but... You know, in Calendar Girls, for instance, there were very few of us lucky enough to be in the film. And we knew what it was about. We knew how brave those real women had been. So there was absolutely no excuse for us to start making a fuss. And again, do it quickly. Just get on with it. And we did, actually. Led happily and marvelously by Helen Mirren, who'd had a little bit more experience than we had. <laughs> Is that allowed? <laughs> oh, it's completely loud. I remember it when I interviewed her at the, on the set as well. And I said, you excited? And she just looked at me and she said, that's just a pathetic word. And I've, I thought, no. And I said, Celia said she's excited. And, and Julie said she's excited. She said, that's a silly word. And I, I, I was always being thrown by that. I thought, no, I'm always going to use that word now in yes, honour of her. good for you. <laughs> Quite jolly right. Uh, do you still have curry for breakfast? I do when I'm in India. 
uh, certainly, this is the absolute truth. About four days ago, I made some burratas and I made some dal. And I left a bit because I think I mustn't eat too much because it's so tempting in this time, you know. When I woke up and I saw it, I thought, I'm going to have that. And <laughs> it was. It was curry for breakfast. Of Best thing. Mm. Leftover food. Or... But mm. I thought you didn't like cooking. I don't really. I've got, uh, I've got, I mean, you know, in this peculiar time, I've learned how to make meringues and parathas. I mean, not, you know, hugely complicated stuff, but I have actually, oh, and a very fine apple tart, actually. As you can imagine, in France, all the cakes and the pastries and everything, I mean, they are exquisite. The tiny slithers of apple all arranged in a beautiful circle uh, you know they take such care and actually they've all got marvelous figures here too because what they eat is so tasty but tiny so do you do it like they like they do do you do the tiny little slices and make it look that pretty like that i well well um i have a go yes i mean you know it wasn't tiny tiny but it, the slithers were tiny to make it um all look gorgeous mm. <laughs> but the so, ingredients are so fresh you see gabby here you know the tomatoes i've never tasted any like it in england i'm afraid tomatoes take like taste like tomatoes in uh, on the continent exactly exactly here it's like wonderland for cooking and also i love the way they take 12 till 2 that's it i'm not sure that it's not 12 till half past two even, um, their lunch are absolutely protected, even so much as they don't make you have to pay your parking meter during lunch. Can you imagine? No, you're kidding me. No, I'm not. Isn't that the sweetest thing? I don't know whether it's all over France, but certainly there was a place where I went. Lunch hour is exempt from parking. Can you get it? Oh, how perfect. It's so civilised, actually. <laughs> Why do you ever come back here? You should just stay there all the time. Exactly. Well, I'm going to try and become a French citizen, but I've got to get my French a bit better. Do you speak French fluently? Nah, of course not. Um, and I really should go back to class because um, it is quite complicated with the grammar and everything. But there's sort of no excuse. I've, I've got to get on with it. But... Well, I'll, I'll try and do this in my best... Um, in my day, it was called O-levels, but GCSE uh, French. So... Uh, Merci beaucoup, uh, Madame Cilia. Uh, très bon. And I think you're wonderful. Thank you, Celia, so much for this. Oh, Gabby, it's been a complete and utter delicious delight for me. Lots of love. You too. Keep laughing, darling. And now, as promised, lovely Himish Patel. Hello, Himesh. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, yeah. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. We met about, oh, I don't know, it's when you first started in East... And actually, you've been there two years. I'm surprised you remember that. Oh, well, of course I'm going to remember that. And I remember also people getting all very excited about you and saying uh, that you were going to be a Hollywood star one day. And I have a message <laughs> for you from one of those people. It's completely true. And she says she told you on day one that you were going to be a Hollywood star and you made her a promise. Really? Mmm. And she says she's still waiting for that bunch of flowers every month. Ah, yes. She might have a point there. 
I did say <laughs> that I would. We're talking about Nina, of course. Of course, yeah. I know. Your mummy on the show. Um, listen, can we go back to when we first met? I've, I was very lucky to do lots of shows about EastEnders and I've, I used to do a daily live show from there. And I remember you telling me about the day that you got EastEnders or you got the call to be on EastEnders. Am I right in thinking you'd just done your GCSEs or you had to go in to do your GCSEs? Yeah. So I got the call on the penultimate day of my GCSEs. And it was, so I was part of a youth theatre in Cambridge and they had a sort of agency. They'd send kids out for auditions. And I got a call. He says, a really exciting audition for EastEnders. It's tomorrow. And I remember saying, yeah, no, Steve, this is really great, but I've got my science GCSE. It's my last GCSE. I can't really miss it. And I remember my mum being there and she she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, yeah, he, he just said something about this EastEnders audition. She was like, "What? we'll go. Just you finish your GCSE, we'll drive you down to Elstree. And I was like, okay, great. Um, and so that is what happened. I did my GCSE and then my dad drove me straight down to Elstree and Borehamwood for my audition. And, and that's where the journey began. Um, but it really was all because of my parents. I think they just, they've always been so encouraging of, of that. They've always had a faith in my, my ability. And, and so they, they made sure that I didn't miss the opportunity. They sound awesome. I remember last time saying to you, please send them my love and thank them. And I'll say that to them again. So if you could do the same again, please. But then also um, for yesterday, am I right in thinking that something to do with A&E? So you're in the sort of strangest places when you find out about things. So you're doing a GCSEs for EastEnders. And I know there have been other things as well, but yesterday is one of my favourite films. I, I just, it's up there in my top five favourite films of all time, I have to say. Oh, it's wow. not just because I'm talking to you. I say that very publicly. I love it, love it. Um, but didn't you end up in A&E the day you got it or something? Yeah, that is what happened. So I'd, I'd, um, I'd been unwell, like it was kind of a fluey sort of thing. And I'd, I'd, I'd been through about three rounds of auditions for, for yesterday at this point. I was hearing that Danny liked me for the part, but they had to do some convincing with the studio and it, it was all very up in the air. And then I was, I was at home on my own and I remember I literally, I was like, I can't, I have to go to bed, I'm so unwell. I, I remember just turning the light off and then my phone started ringing and it was my agent. She said, Danny Ball's about to call you. And I was like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> um, really not well at all. And then speaking with Danny and him offering me the role, um, but in a very Danny way, which is, you know, he ha- he he's so humble that it wasn't like, you know, hey, kid, do you want to come be in my movie? He was just like, hey, yeah, so I'd love you to play the part and, um, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Meanwhile, my whole world had just changed. Um, and, and anyway, we had a lovely chat and I put the phone down and I suddenly felt amazing. You know, I felt great. It's an amazing, life-changing moment. And then I just started feeling really unwell again. You know, the adrenaline wore off, I think. And yeah, we wound up going to A&E because I, I, I was just really not good at all. <laughs> I think it may have been the shock yes. as well. <laughs> when I look back on it now, I go, you know, because I remember the triage nurse just kind of being like, you're fine. I don't know what's wrong with you. Why are you, are you overreacting? I don't really understand what's going on. You know, um, she wasn't that that kind of harsh about it, but I could tell it was a, a sort of a vibe of, you know, I, I, th- I think you shouldn't be this bad. I don't really understand. It's never smooth sailing. Well, also, then you go to that cut to the thing that you've just been filming about a pandemic that gets cut short because of a pandemic. So, I mean, again, the same sort of extraordinary things happen. Yeah, that, that, this is a very strange one. We, we we started shooting at the beginning of the year and we started shooting in Chicago. It's this the project called Station Eleven. It's based on a novel. 
which is about mostly about the world after a pandemic has basically decimated 99% of the population and and it's about how you rebuild the world after after something like that you know the novel itself uh, is a lot more you know apocalyptic i suppose than than what we're going through but what i love about about the book station 11 and and about our adaptation um and what we've shot of it so far is that it ultimately is a story about hope it's about what you choose to hold on to when when everything you know has fallen apart and and that there is definitely a lot to be said for that you know given everything that we've been going through and continue to go through that we have a choice in terms of the things that we choose to change and what we choose to value so what are those things then i think there's a lot that we could change you know um <laughs> i think we could maybe do with some leadership changes in in certain parts of the world um and uh <laughs> and i think i've got to speak up for the arts you know we really value the arts if anything's got us through this period of time it's it's you know uh, our favorite tv series and our favorite music yes 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 the cinema you know it, there's nothing like it i think when you go to watch a film like tenet in the cinema you're going to realize just how amazing it is to sit in a cinema and witness something like that i absolutely agree the thrill of being back in the cinema made me a little emotional i mean i get I love the arts like you do. I love live theatre, live music. And but going to the cinema, I didn't realise how much I'd missed it. I think that's that's always a thrill, really, with with Chris Nolan's movies. He's always going to give you something new, something you've not seen before. And this one is is taking that to the next level, really. Did you ever ask him what he dreams at night? <laughs> no, I didn't. I did. He was too busy working for me to ask him that sort of thing. If you see him again, will you please ask him and let me know? <laughs> sure, I'll get back to you, yeah. Thank you very much, because his head is just extraordinary. Now, can we go back to you being a pigeon? Sure, why not? You were a pigeon, weren't you, when you left EastEnders? Yes, yeah, so I um, <laughs> I, I did, I did. I took this kind of strange uh, left turn, but it was the best decision I ever made, I think, in so many ways. But um, Really? Yeah, so I, I ended up doing this play at the Edinburgh Fringe with my friend and his theatre company, and they were just off to do their, I think it was their third or fourth show at the Fringe. Yeah, they do sort of musical adaptations and they were doing an adaptation of The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And he he knew that I wanted to get some theatre experience. So he was like, just come with us to the Fringe. And uh, I gladly took it and went and had the best month of my life. <laughs> my agent at the time was a little concerned about, about it, but uh, I thought, why not? Let's do it. And I love that you go with your gut feeling because that's, I mean, I, I've read also that you want to do more directing and more writing and and you want to get people like you out there on screen and I think now with everything that's been going on and at last people are being educated and hopefully learning and learning and learning more that all of this can change and that this all of this can happen and I think you're going to lead the way with this. I hope so I mean there's a lot of people around me that have taught me um, the value of these things and, and during the time that I was at EastEnders in kind of in a way perhaps slightly sheltered from from the the real hard work that was going on in the industry um, to, to have voices heard um, and that continues and I'm, I'm I'm learning from my contemporaries and hoping to use this sort of platform that I've been afforded to to yeah to elevate those voices to to open doors and tell stories that haven't been told before that 
that should have been told before. Well, I think you're phenomenal. And I just have to say that um, last night I spoke to another person that used to work with. I'm going to name her because she's a friend of mine. And this is, very, this is a bit embarrassing, but she said, I'm embarrassed that I was saying she's a friend of mine because it sounds so showbiz. But Tanya Franks, um, I was yeah, going to yeah. speak to her today. And I said, oh, I'm speaking to Himesh. And she said, he is one of the nicest, sweetest, kindest, most intelligent, gentle young men I've ever worked with. And I have to say, no. just chatting to you again, I totally agree. Thank you so much, Himesh. Really lovely to talk to you again and have a good day. You too. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. Please join me next time when I'll be chatting to David and Georgia Tennant. That Gabby Roslin podcast is proudly produced by Cameo Productions. Music by Beth Macari. Please press the subscribe button and it will come straight to your phone on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you choose to listen. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, yeah.